You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leavitt, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leopold as he began to turn heads in the junior leagues. A late pass from Long, he's got Leopold with him. Long walks in, centers, goal! Leopold's a right-hand shot, rotates, and then sends it along. Back to Leopold, goal! boy, Brady! And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues. And it's Leopold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leopold throwing right after right and just connecting like crazy. Once I met heroin, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery. Guys, this is episode number 44, double fours, you know that's six away from episode number 50. If you're counting them down, that one's going to feature my dad, Brian. Somewhere uh, around the September 9th day, I believe that one's going to be released if I've done my math correctly. But math was never my strong suit, that's for sure. Uh, anyways, guys, hopefully you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. You guys can check them out anywhere on social media, at HockeyPodNet. And of course, guys on their website www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com they have 31 podcasts one for every nhl team and of course bonus content like hockey to heroin road to recovery tales with tr a hockey podcast you know that's terry ryan's podcast uh, house of hockey ice analytics if you're into the analytical side of the game check that one out and then of course uh, the Fourth Line Voice, which is a grinder-based podcast if you're into the fights and, and the minor, mostly in the minor leagues too. It, it's really good listen, guys. Check it out uh, at HockeyPodNet. A uh, big thanks to Isha and Dylan from the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, you know They brought me on after episode 10. Uh, big shout out to them. They, uh, you know, I send them the file and they upload it to the Hockey Podcast Network. If anyone's joining and, and they're confused why there's two feeds, I haven't touched on this in a while. Uh, so there's two feeds. Uh, essentially, they're both the same podcast. One's my feed and one's the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network will put out that episode, the newest episode, sorry, uh, 24 hours before they're on my feed. But if you want to start and go back to episode one, you got to go to my feed. Uh, but if you want to stay up to date, you got to go to their feed. We're working on trying to get it all to one feed. Um, but that is, if you're wondering why there's two feeds, it's still the same podcast. Uh, but that is why. 
Uh, there's two feet. Uh, if anybody wants to support Hockey to Heroin, uh, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, uh, my family and myself would truly appreciate it. Uh, big special thanks to David Carlson, who is uh, my uh, first patron on Patreon. So thank you to David. Uh, also, I want to give a special thanks to Kelly Mortley and Pierre-Luc Roussel, who uh, super kind gestures, uh, sent me some money. My, my email is hooked up to audio, auto deposit, so I didn't even have to answer a question. Anything. I just woke up two mornings in a row. And I'm like, why do I have money in my account right now? Um, super kind gestures. Uh, it makes me feel awkward. I like to be able to be the one that's giving things. I'm really just not in a position to do so financially right now, but I really hope that's all going to change. Uh, and I know it will. Uh, I just continue to do the right things. I'm just uh, so extremely grateful to be alive. Uh, I am not recording in the Matthew Lisinski Memorial Studio right now, but guess what, guys? I am like happy to say that this is probably the last time I'm gonna have to record in the spare the spare bedroom that's acting as the Matthew Lisinski Memorial Studio. Because guess what? My trusted friend Matt Thompson is in Barrie right now as we record this on Tuesday night, and he's driving up here tomorrow morning. So if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, I'm probably hanging out with Matt, or he's on his way up to. To come hang out work on the studio do some fishing it's gonna be awesome to see him not to mention he's got some gloves and sticks for me because uh, you know I'm making a comeback to the Maxwell Mustangs um, can't wait to do that I just got up the ice in North Bay for the the 360 goaltending uh, I want to say a big thanks again to the Buckman family for hosting me at their house for the six days. Dan Spence at 360 Goaltending and everybody that was involved in North Bay. Thanks again. Uh, but guys, Matthew Lezinski. Uh, Matthew Lezinski was Matt Thompson's best friend. I never got to meet him. We were the same age. Our stories were so much alike. He was a second round pick to the Sioux of the OHL and he died of an overdose in 2017. And right behind me right now is the Matthew Lezinski plaque. Uh, I even took it to North Bay with me. Um, you know, I look at it all the time and it just, it makes no sense to me why it doesn't say in memory of Brady Liebold with the amount of times I've overdosed and tried to commit suicide and just everything. I mention it all the time, guys. I like, I'm not playing around. Like, like I'm just, it, I, I cry almost once a day. Like if I really look at it long enough, I'll cry. Like, and it's not, it's not pretend like this is real. These are my real emotions. Um, and I'm just. I, I can't explain just how grateful I am to be alive uh, and honored to be able to remember Matthew Lazinski along with Matt Thompson. Uh, and we're really excited to be able to do that uh, through the Puck Support Foundation Gratitude Crusade. Hashtag PSF Gratitude Crusade. I launched uh, the first video, what, uh, two days ago, it'll be three days ago if you're listening to this Wednesday morning. Uh, and basically what the Gratitude Crusade is, guys, is you know, I went on and nominated a bunch of people on the first video. But if you get nominated, uh, then you have to continue on and do the same thing I did. And, and if you get nominated, you have to go on in the first video. You have to make and list three things you're grateful for. And then uh, name three people you're grateful for to have in your life. And then those three people become nominated to continue the sequence on. And then if you're nominated and you don't take part in it, you have to pay 50 bucks to the Puck Support Foundation in Matthew Lezinski's name, set up on the GoFundMe page. I'll send, I'll uh, post a link, it's on my website, it's also on the Puck Support website, pucksupport.com, and I will post a link in the comments. If anybody wants to donate uh, without being challenged, or if you get challenged and you wanna just donate anyways, uh, please do. 
Uh, the Puck Support Foundation needs all the money we can get to get off the ground and to continue operating. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Puck Support Foundation, we're going to talk about it probably in this episode a little bit. Uh, but uh, check it out at Puck Support anywhere on social media, PuckSupport.com, like I said, and also at Gratitude Crusade on Instagram. Uh, guys, the Gratitude Crusade, if you live with an attitude of gratitude, it's extremely hard to have any bad days. Of course, we have bad moments. Life is not all roses. I will never, ever say that. Life is difficult. Uh, but when we live with the attitude of gratitude, yes, it sounds cliche, but I'm a hockey player at heart. So, hey, we're all about cliches. Uh, and But it, it's just, it's very simple. Uh, you know, stop and take a look around. Where are you right now? I guarantee you can find reasons to be grateful. If you're listening, you have ears. Some people don't. Guess what? You're alive. Be grateful. Uh, it's just, you know, honestly, guys, a way that I help to remember to be uh, grateful. I've shared this on social media a few times. I actually have an alarm go off on my phone five times a day. It says, stop, be grateful. You, you're reading this. You have eyes. You know, you have no reason to complain. Um, it's just, you know, uh, little things. Uh, the next one, stop, take a deep breath, take a look around, notice things, you know. Be grateful. Five times a day this happens, guys. Uh, I want to give a very special thanks to Nancy Lazinski, Matthew Lazinski's mom, who was the very first donor on the GoFundMe page. Um, so thank you to Nancy. She's been supporting all that uh, we're doing uh, through the podcast and the Puck Support Foundation uh, in remembering Matthew. So thank you to Nancy and Peter Lazinski and their daughter Amy as well for all their continued support. I look forward to meeting you guys and coming up here and showing you the Matthew Lazinski Memorial Studio when it's all said and done. And uh, I look forward, and I know Matt does, and everyone involved in the Puck Support Foundation looks forward uh, to raising money and just spreading awareness in Matthew's name. Um, you know, and we're just so grateful to have your support. Uh, I'd also like to say thank you to Landon, J- Landon, Landon Jacob, Derek Reynolds, Vinny Votel, uh, and uh, Taylor Devitt, my girlfriend, uh, for donating. Taylor's, uh, I think, donating as as we speak, uh, if not first thing in the morning. Uh, so that will come from myself and Taylor. Uh, but big thanks to everyone who's donated. Like I said, if you want to donate, uh, go to the GoFundMe page. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Gratitude Crusade, uh, pucksport.com. And for all the money, like there's a $25,000 goal, uh, $25,000 goal that may seem like a lot of money that's peanuts we're gonna need millions of dollars uh, to make a difference in the hockey community as far as mental health and addiction and if you don't think that's a real number a serious number take a look at some of the videos that we've made for the Puck Support Foundation do your research there's a lot of guys struggling just listen to my podcast listen to some of the guests listen to my guest talk uh, that we're gonna have here shortly um, Other than that, guys, you know, I look forward to hosting a three-on-three tournament up here in Muskoka. I cannot wait to do this. Darren McCarty is going to come out. Hopefully, Brent Sopel raise money for the Pucksport Foundation and for the Brent Sopel Foundation for dyslexia, dysgraphia. Uh, That one's close to home for for our family as well. Uh, So, guys... If you want to get involved with the Puck Support Foundation, go to PuckSupport.com. Email, email us, team, T-E-A-M, at PuckSupport.com. Um, and be sure to follow me on social media, at Hockey to Heroin. Uh, follow the podcast, at Hockey to Heroin Podcast. 
Uh, also, at Puck Support, like I said, and at Pucks and Plants uh, for all the newest research, uh, CBD-based, plant-based research, uh, because I'm so anti-pharmaceutical when, when, when I can be. It's uh, not even funny. And uh, if you want to know why, look at what my podcast is called. It's, it's really uh, no secret at all. So without further ado, you know this episode is proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check them out. Teamissued.ca. You can use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Guys, I'm always decked out Team Issued head to toe. Uh, they got some new clothes. They got their new line, Ish, which is short for Team Issued. I'm waiting on another package. Uh, if anyone's uh, won some Team Issued prizes and you haven't got them, I've said this, I've made posts. Some people have reached out to me, I've sent them, but if somebody hasn't got them and you missed one of my posts, please, please, please reach out to me. I want to make sure that everybody's getting uh, all the things that they've won. Uh, the mail was kind of confusing with COVID there for a bit. Some things got sent back. Uh, and tracking numbers weren't working. It was just crazy. Uh, so I want to make sure everyone's getting the things that they want. So if you want something and you haven't got it, don't feel bad. I feel bad. Reach out. I want to make sure that you get it. Uh, and check out teamissued.ca and anywhere on social media at Team Issued. Uh, so without further ado, let's get right into episode 44. Hockey is our national pastime here in Canada, right? It was good to get your kids involved, but there's not too many guys that played the enforcer role that loved it. It's almost like you put all your nerves and everything into a meat grinder and then grind it up and then put it back into your body, right? You're going to feel the after effects. Trust me, it's not fun. You wouldn't want this. You wouldn't want to have to deal with it, right? I was very fortunate to get drafted in the OHL. I played a couple years in London and then jumped a couple leagues and moved around. And I was able to get a contract in Louisville, Kentucky. Now Fred's going to try to get after him from behind! And there's going to be a brawl! And look out! Holy moly, Fringe trying to go into the River King's fence. He's throwing punches. I played several years uh, in the minor leagues after that. When we fought, we just threw to try to knock the guy out. Fringe should get a 10. They should get him out of here. Otherwise, they risk a riot. Fringe just seemed to snap. Suddenly, there was this big kind of explosion at the bench. In the Fred evidently trying to go after Parsons a little bit. Fred just finished the check literally through the boards because the door was open. So in many fights, I saw stars, floaters, trainers and that. They all thought I was a bit different. You know, why is Rob throwing up and things? We just didn't know, right? But now we know. I've had about 75 concussions in my career. I, I just told him, my body's shutting down, I, it's time to go. I 
was hospitalized at one point because I didn't have any pain control at the time. I was on wrong medications. In 2013 in California, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I have a tough time sitting, I have a tough time standing, um, and then you throw in the concussion history and there's a lot going on. A lot of us generally look well, right? That's the problem with having a brain injury too, right? You know, I feel sometimes I do get judged uh, that I'm not as sick as, I, as people believe I am, right? Now these insurance companies, they're extinct and they had all kinds of clauses that we didn't know about where we could have got benefits from them. I should have 25 years of employment left and, and, and the hospitals are saying, no, you know, I can't work. So it's, uh, that, that's hard to accept. So now I've got to fight. That's the life that it's given me, right? And I didn't have any pain control in that too. There, there were some thoughts going through my head in that too, right? So I can relate uh, to, to some of these guys that have passed away and it's unfortunate because, you know, maybe they were just a little too tough, right? Where they couldn't reach out, but what are you gonna reach out to when there, there's no system in place? end up putting your family through hell back and forth, right? Just because you're pushing the system in order to try to try to get answers and that too, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's not that I'm angry about hockey, right? We were brought up in that era of uh, rock and sock and everything else. It's just hockey needs a culture change, right? That's the bottom line. All right, guys, before I <laughs> bring him in, uh, I want to share this, and, and he doesn't know this either, so this is kind of crazy, and people people can call say, call me a liar, call me whatever, and I'm going to reiterate that everything I say <laughs> uh, is the truth. Since I've started this podcast, I have no reason to lie, um, not about anything, uh, not even about the smallest of things uh, this journey that I've been on uh, has been excuse my French but fucking mind-blowing okay um, and it's not just one thing it's not two things it's not even three or four or five or ten things it's multiple things daily uh, and sometimes uh, and quite often, there's been things that just absolutely uh, blow my mind. And uh, today was one of those days. So uh, before I introduce uh, Robert Frid, who you heard in the interview, and I, I know he's chomping at the bit probably, I, I can't because we haven't talked, and I really want to talk to him, but I, I, need, I, need, to, I need to share this quick because uh, I just want him to talk. I, I, I get to talk a lot. I, I want him to, to share his story and to shed some light on, on what's, going on he's older than I am he's wiser than I am uh, so but before I before I turn it over to him uh, let me finish the story here so uh, I had no idea who I was going to interview uh, tonight uh, as you know it's cutting it close it's you know close to midnight I think uh, eastern time so you know tomorrow morning the episode comes out as uh, Isha and Dylan from the hockey podcast no network no I often do this uh, but you know there's just certain things like and I'm not kidding so today uh, around like two o'clock 
I kind of wasn't, I'm, I, I don't really stress anymore. Uh, I don't get any, I'm just kind of like, okay, everything's going to work out. I just believe in my mind that things are going to work out. And I just, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, who am I going to get on the podcast? And, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah. And I couldn't think of any, nothing was really clicking for me. Nothing. There's like a couple of people I could get on, but like, uh, you know, and the people that I want to get on, but sometimes things just have to feel right for me to want to talk to that person in a certain time or whatever it's it's hard to explain but I've mentioned this before where I don't pre-record interviews uh, and then do it that way I do it either like the day before or the day of and that like again that might change because my schedule might get busier but right now that is the best way for me to do it because a lot can change in a day or two in my opinion so you know, and, and sometimes it makes things stressful and whatever. But, you know, so I was sitting there and I literally said, I was like, I'm not kidding. I was like, yo, like God, like, and my version of God might be different than everybody else's. But this is just me talking like to the universe more or less. And I'm like, you know, just, you know, whoever's going to come on the podcast, let it, you know, I just, you know, let it be, let it be, you know, useful and powerful to the listeners and like, let it be someone. And I had no idea. Just nothing was clicking at all. Uh, and then all of a sudden I get a message in Facebook and it's like, I'm your guy. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, this is like minutes after I said this, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? What do you mean? He's, I'm like, he's my guy. I'm like, is this guy like reading my mind right now? Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I have to post a message. I didn't even tell you this. I was telling my girlfriend this as it happened. She's like, this is so weird because she's this stuff like this has happened before. I'm like, this is wild. This guy's going to come on the podcast. But then originally you said that you were busy. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not. That's why I didn't say anything. But then now it's working out. I was like, oh, and then I researched your story. Uh, so guys, let me bring him in. Robert Fred, I want to give a big shout out to uh, the city of Burlington, the Central Arena. Uh, that's where he played his minor hockey, guys. Uh, he was drafted in 1992, the OHL Priority Selection Draft, 10th round, 155th overall. He played for the London Knights storied franchise. I want to talk to him about that a little bit. Uh, but also, he's an ambassador for Athletes for Care, friend with friend of Riley Cote. Um, uh, this guy had a lot of fights, and you heard talked a lot about concussions. He's had a lot of health issues. Uh, so without further ado, uh, originally from Burlington, Ontario, Robert... They call you Fritter, Robert Frid. Thanks for thanks for joining me, man. Yes, no, thank you, Brady. Uh, finally, I get to meet you, and yeah, I might be a few years older, but uh, no, no, uh, I watched your clips and and a lot of things, and you just played relentless, and you you fought the way I fought too, and it's just good to finally uh, you know meet you, and you know you're you're, you're so your attitude of gratitude just it's resonated with me. Here since I've really connected with Ashley Langdon, who you obviously know well, and we used to battle out the West Coast League years ago, and uh, we smiling at each other in the box, and then just reconnecting with you, good people that are doing good things, right? And it means a lot to my heart, and I, I just I appreciate you bringing me on board, and and uh, yeah, I, I, I'd love to share anything you want to today, and we can talk about my journey, and uh, we can talk about how it intertwines with with yours and many guys out here, right? So it's good, we're, we're all family. It's it's nice after retiring and then coming into a team too with guys that you played against, right? Not necessarily with or younger like yourself, but we all came through the same leagues and, and you know that, right? So it's good. And thanks for the shout out in Burlington, but I'm really in my hometown in London here now in Ontario. And obviously the Knights mean uh, the world to me, the city does. My daughter lives here. 
uh, and welcome to Ontario too, Brady. By the way, <laughs> Th- thanks so much. And before uh, before you get going on, dude, I wanted to mention that, like honestly, it's like God answered my prayers because he he even sent me someone with the same smile. Like you, you're missing, you, 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 but you have you yeah. have fake teeth that go in. Like I used to have those, but but mine broke. I'm actually in the process of getting new ones, hopefully. But it was just too funny how it, how it worked out. So everything just felt like honestly, I like I had never heard heard of your story. Like, and that's the thing is, there's so many guys uh, that played, you know, major, junior, and, and professional hockey uh, that you know we all busted our ass and, and fought and, and put our bodies online to make it to the NHL. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, you know, when it doesn't work out or, or uh, injuries or take a toll on our body, uh, it's extremely hard sometimes uh, to transition into into the real world. But I'm, we'll get to that. Sure. Uh, and, and that's really probably going to be the, the, you know, the main topic here. And you'll get to direct that. And I can't wait to, to get to know you more. Uh, but talk us through a little bit about your minor hockey uh, journey, because it's my understanding that you mostly played house hockey. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's correct. Uh, well, I shouldn't say always, but uh, um, I, I, I came from a, my mom was a single mother and uh, my stepfather came into the picture when I was eight or nine years old. Right. And uh, so I, I was limited to playing house league um, pretty much up till peewee. And then, um, you know, always had to work on my skating and you know how it is. Uh, we just had to work. Right. And uh, I got up double A and that and if I maybe major Bantam, then I made my first triple-A uh, team and then went to minor midget and then was drafted but I was a baseball player Brady by trade right that was my sport I love baseball I played for team Ontario I was it just came very naturally to me but I, I was a big kid too so you know the Knights saw that and uh, you know and I jumped in and embraced that role right it's I uh, love my teammates and obviously once I got to London just you know uh, you experience that feeling too in the Western Hockey League you know the OHL is a big league for us to even make a small percentage do right. So uh, very blessed, very blessed. But th- that, that's really, uh, yeah. So that's yeah, it's gone on so yeah, far. Yeah, you, yeah, you were a you were a big, a big, strong, tough guy. And, and when you went, you got drafted to the O. You, you made uh, you made the London Knights. What what was it like back then? What was your mentality going into training camp your your rookie year there? Uh, were you expected to fight? Yeah. Uh, did you feel like you had to fight? Did anybody ever tell you you had to fight? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, a tough question because I, I wasn't really a fighter growing up, right? I was just a big kid and, I don't know, a tournament in Peterbilt. I, I ran over about five, six guys one game, had a couple goals. You know how it is, right? So I, I went into camp. That first camp was pretty scary, intimidating, Brady. Um, you know, uh, obviously being 17 and just turning and you're up, you know, trying to take a right-winger spot like a Brad Smith, you know, who was four years older than me, right, too, and Smitty played some time in the NHL, great guy, awesome leader. Uh, he scored 50 goals in the American League or 60 three or four years in a row, but he was tough too. And so, yeah, I had to go through about five or six guys on my own team that that, that training camp. And uh, we lined up, right, just uh, green and gold games and went at it. You know, I cut open everywhere, stitches and stuff. Smitty gave it to me too, right? But I, I kept coming back for more, right? Uh, it's just I wanted to play in London. Um, I, I really it was a big step for me. Uh, but I had to work on things too. So I was the last cut my rookie year, uh, Brady, and then uh, stayed with the London Nationals, got to play with Mike Legg, 
Um, you know, he's been in all our circles, very talented Michigan State player. That's, hey, that's, first that, draft around the that, that's yeah. sorry to cut you off. That's too funny because I was just on the ice in North Bay and I can, I'm pretty good with the puck. Uh, and Mike Legg, it, it gets full credit for that. He's actually a Maple Ridge firefighter, if I believe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, yeah. So I was actually telling all the kids that I was like, you guys have no idea who actually, you know, was the first one to do that. That's Mike Leg. You know, so I give him uh, a lot of credit for for that. Now all the, now yeah. all the kids can yeah. do that. But but go ahead. Sorry, Robert. I just wanted to give a shout out to Mike. Yeah, no worries. I saw your hands on that video the other day too with the 360 kids too, and I could tell right away. Yeah, you got you got a good set, but you could throw them too. So it, it, it was nice to see that side of you too, right? So yeah, so I, I just ended up. Uh, you know, getting called up in the playoffs. They, I, I had a decent year with the London Nationals here, and um, they were allowed to carry, the Knights would carry an extra spot on the roster. So I played eight games in a very limited role, um, but went out there and, you know, took a big hit and almost put out Trevor Glant out of the series in Kitchener. So it, I did my job, right? But then the next year, you know, I was like a rookie. You know, I had played on the fourth line, might add 150 minutes and, you know, 15 fights and, you know, a couple goals, but. I, I stuck my roll out and uh, I got hit pretty hard that year by Ed Jovanovsky about near late, late the season. And Eddie got three or five games, but he drove me head first right from the blue line down. And I was down for an icing. I shouldn't have been down there, but th- that, that was the first time I ever really experienced a major concussion. Right. And um, that, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Right. But luckily it was near the end of the season. Uh, I could kind of hide things, but I, I was forced back in too quick too. It's, it's, it, it becomes a very deep conversation, right? Um, but, yeah, it, it was tough. But that summer I took off. I didn't need to do any training at all, nothing. I just I laid in, in, my, in my basement, and it was just I, just I knew that's the only way that I could heal. I couldn't go out to the bars with the boys and stuff. And then uh, I came back from my third year, which was really my second. And, yeah, and I, yeah I had a really good start. <laughs> I had four goals against Niagara Falls one game, like four for – a role player that I am too, right? And then hat trick opening night. Uh, uh, I had like six or eight goals in exhibition, and then opening night I had a hat trick. And first week and a half I was leading the OHL in points. But then I, I obviously had to uh, accept my role, right? So coaches pulled me in and said, you know, Fritter, we love what you're doing, but we got Dave Gilmore here, you know, who, you know. So I, it, it was fun. It was fun. I had a really good last year there in London, and. Uh, you know, uh, finished fourth in the league in penalty minutes, I believe. I'm not a good stats guy, but <laughs> I showed up and uh, fought Karens, Eric Karens and Eric Bolton and uh, just a lot of just good, big men, right? Big guys, right? And uh, so it's good. I, I have no hatred against any of those guys. It's just the role we played. But um, that, that sickness I developed from that one hit continued throughout my junior career, too. I was throwing up in between periods every game um but you know having to fight through it i didn't want to quit hockey but i didn't know much about it either so i just continued my career and 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 ended up in st louis as a free agent uh the following year um had a decent camp but i knew i was there just to fill roster spots but i had a good year in london and the head scout jack evans was here so um it, it worked out i got a taste of it right and uh i was never meant to be an nhl player i don't think i ever would have made it uh, maybe the American League, but that's another story. Uh, my first year in the coast, coast they took a 54-game suspension, so that kind of changed the course oh. of the direction of me even getting any games in the American League, right? So that's why I ended up over in the West Coast in the United League and that too, and 
uh, meeting Ashley Langdon out there in San Diego when I was in Alaska. <laughs> so it, it's good. I, I've enjoyed my, my career, right? But it came with a price. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it most certainly did. Uh, you had, how many fights do you figure had over, over 150, 200, somewhere in there? Not 200, no. No, no. It's, uh, I would say, uh, you know, I, I would say near the 150 range. Um, but, you know, a lot of uh, training camp wars, right? I went to a lot of American League camps. I fought Chara twice in wow. Kentucky in, in, in three-on-three down low, <laughs> cross-checking me in the ribs, and I'd steer him back, and then we're going. He was just a young, like, 19-year-old, right, at that point in time, and I was maybe 23 at that time. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot that went undocumented too, right? You know that, um, well, especially in the era that I played in, but you saw that in yours. You were that last kind of you know, class of acceptability in that too, uh, in the WHL, your, your last years, and then things have shifted. And obviously, you know, we've got the, the per game, per fight suspensions now with fines going to ownership and that. So, you know, yeah. yeah I, what's your, what's your take on, on like where concussions come from? Do you think they come from mostly from fighting or mostly from hits or, or what's your thoughts on that? Yes, I, I do believe it's a combination of both. Obviously, you've been tagged to, or, you know, at that point in time, you know, when we did see stars or, you know, just like a, a, a numbness, like a hard, you know, a hard punch. And, and you, you know that num, numbness, Brady. You felt it, right? So, 100%. Yeah. So that's why I came out in the Globe and Mail with James Myrtle. Um, that story that we could talk about later, but that was from John Branch from the New York Times. I met him when I was out uh, in the West Coast Hockey League years ago, right? Um, but I came out and said 75. Even some some players I've talked to and teammates and that, they were like, whoa, Fritter, that's quite a bit, right? But then I get explaining a bit more, too, on just what I know medically, right? I, I've, I've been, I've been at, working at the hospital as a patient for the past, I don't know, 17 years at Parkwood Hospital here, London Health Sciences Centre, and the University Hospital at Western, so and in Toronto, at Toronto Western. So I've been involved in neurology and chronic pain and just a lot of uh, pain psychology stuff too so that number's right i actually might be low well well can i interject for a second i'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because i was going to so here's the thing yeah Uh, i tend to agree with you so this is the thing i actually when people ask me how many concussions i have i say seven or eight or sometimes i'll say like 13 or like 15 and then but like But like, really, I've probably had like a hundred. Like seriously, yeah, like I, I'm not yeah, kidding. No, no, you're, yeah. I'm not kidding. No, like, does that no, mean that I was knocked out conscious a hundred times? No, it doesn't. But have I no, seen stars a no. hundred times? You damn rights, I have. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. I listen. Maybe not a hundred, but I'm with know, you on seventy-five. I want to say, I want to, yeah, I want to say one thing. You're you're absolutely correct, right? And uh, but the thing is, I just want to take this time just to tell you that how strong physically and mentally you actually are right and and we can get into that later on and you know the path that you had to take in ways to it was very difficult for you to get through this by yourself and, and there's a lot of mismanagement with healthcare and and a lot of different components that come in with it brady but yeah you're you're, you're a tough hombre and uh i just love what you're doing here with, with uh, the podcast and the foundation and, and it's going to be great and it, it is great so Let's keep going. I yeah, I know. I know. I appreciate it, and I can't wait to wait to have you more involved with it. Like the the door is wide open yeah. for 
for whatever you see fit, whatever uh, whatever direction you think we we should take. Like that's a thing, right? Like there's a few of us involved, but it's it's very new. But like the premise and and our vision is is very strong, uh, and our like our goals yeah. are are there. Uh, we're just working. Yeah. We're working with lawyers still to to get the actual incorporation. Uh, everything yeah. just done pr- properly. Of course, yeah. absolutely. And and that's it's the awesome. thing. I was I was really rushing things at first, but now it's like you know what? We'll just we'll do everything the right way, and it's it's not a big it's not a huge problem. So, uh, no, not at all. How was it? How was it transferring <laughs> out of out of the game? And, and like, when did you start to really notice? Uh, the concussions. Let's backtrack a little bit or rewind. Sorry, uh, you got that yeah. first one. Jovo cop hit you there. Uh, that's a bad yeah. concussion. And then from yeah. there, did you find that you know it started getting your bell rung a lot easier? Because that's what I found. Like after a yeah, couple, like course. one yeah. good one, it's yeah. like all of a sudden yeah. just little nudges, little nudges in practice. Yeah. Like I remember guys would just yeah. come up, like I'd be standing in the corner for a drill and I wouldn't be looking and a guy would just come up just like playing around just to get my attention. And like after a while, by by the time like I'm 20, you know, four after I came back and playing the Central League, yeah. I remember those little nudges were making me like, whoa, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. And it's even... I can even speak to the point too. At that point in time, I remember in practice too, like I, I had c- cement hands, not like yours, <laughs> you know, but I had a heavy shot too, but I also took a lot of the ice, you, you know, the type of probably player I am. Right. But at the end of the day, I felt that even shooting sometimes too, where I just get lightheaded. I see those stars again, floating around. Like it was just, yeah, it, it, it was a lot, but then having to go and and still throw down too. Right. And, and uh, and and do it right. I don't know. I I look back and I, I'm I'm just shocked at how a lot of us were able to do that. And, and you know what I mean. And continue to do it and then play through it and then actually then get to the minors too, right? And still, we, as you do know, you played at a high level there too. The East Coast League's good hockey. We know that. It was even better when you were there than when I was there, right? Yeah. It's just how the game evolves, right? But yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know right if it's better. It was, it, you're, it was yeah. definitely tougher when, when you played in, in the East Coast. Well, I'm just saying quicker. Yeah, uh, well, maybe. You know, I think just the, I think the game just evolved. Yeah. But it's you know that's a thing, right? And, and we know though. I think we get through that by by pure adrenaline and knowing that as soon as we do, stop doing that, there's a, there's a like a thousand other people that are stepping in and and do that uh, in a second. So. Uh, so you're saying about the transition, and I got off there. But yeah, I no, but I, but I rewound. I rewound yeah. you there. So I wanted to get yeah. talking a little bit about your concussions while you were playing, and that's a good point because yeah. so many times, yeah. so many times, I would get you know hit or fight or even like think times like breaking my hand. I'd cut my cast off and play and fight, and and it's just it's that mentality yeah. of like having to keep play yeah. through all these injuries and and. Yeah. Um, Again, I like how you said, like, we grew up in that rock'em, sock'em, like, where a man is that bravado, like, oh, I could play through it, that's, I'm a hockey player, you know? Yeah. And where did dangerous, it get us? So, now, so yeah, we, so where did it, it, yeah, it's dangerous. where yeah. did, uh, did it ultimately lead you to retiring because of a uh, head injury? Oh, yeah, 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 100%. I, uh, so that, that stuff was all developing in junior, and, and, and it's obviously, it, it stepped in even to my, after I went to St. Louis, I, I actually had a, had a major concussion in camp in St. Louis, and but I, I knew I was being released at the same time, and I ended up not going and turning pro. And I at that time, and I went and used my university money from from the OHL, so I went over 
to uh, St. Thomas University in New Brunswick. And as soon as I got there, Brady, I was hospitalized for about 11 days in, in the Fredericton Hospital there. Um, I, I started doing the dry land training. Coming out of an NHL camp and into and university hockey in Canada is still a high level. We do know that. A lot, a lot of former OHL, WHL players, Quebec League guys too. But I, I just, yeah, I ended up doing the dry land and I ended up in the hospital with the irregular heartbeat. They couldn't get my heart uh, beat controlled. So they were giving me all kinds of heartburn and things too. And yeah, so the, the medical staff that I have now that have been working with me in neurology and, and, and the chronic pain department there at Parkwood, the outpatient program with traumatic brain injury, they, at that point in time, now they can look back and they connect all that too, right? So it's, it, yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's just, I look back, it, it followed me all the way through, right? And then I went pro. So getting to your final question, when I finished up in Odessa, in Texas, in the Central League, um, and I enjoyed my time there too. Uh, it was a fan favorite. I fought every night. That's how I met Riley. And, uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, I took a shot in a fight and, I, and it went right down from my head, right down through my spine, right down through my toes. And I, I lost all control except for my mouth. I could still, and I remember, uh, uh, I forget it was, um, a kid from the Quebec League that, uh, he ended up playing in, in the Quebec Senior League too after he was tough. Um, I forget his name, but anyways, he didn't give me a shot. He held me there. He knew I was in trouble, right? So that's after that that last one, I, I said that's enough. I went in the coach's office, my, uh, Don McKee, and I told him I was finished. And he said, "Come on, you know, you got another year left." And I was only 29, but I just said, "No, no, that that scared the living shit out of me, right?" So and then I came home, took a long six eight months back, and then I got a call from my old London Knights teammate Donnie Margetti. So I go to Rockford for 12 games and fight every night. Right. And then it, again, you know, it just, I ended up just hopping in my car and I left. Wow. <laughs> that was it. And then I, and the look at the passion of the game and everything too. And then I go and play two years senior in Tilsonburg here too, right, right around that same era with Corey Eisen, another uh, former teammate, uh, Kelly Corpse, who was a captain of uh, the Kingston Frontenacs. Um, you know, we, yeah, we had a, a good team, all ex pros, and Elmer did too, all ex pros. And so at the end of the day, it was just, I, I miss being around the guys, but then, yeah. So and after so, that, I tried so to get a regular to job se- and I couldn't. Did you go to senior men's and start fighting too? Oh yeah. Cause yeah, I yeah, see, yeah. I see was, you had a hundred, I, I see you yeah. had 187 <laughs> penalty minutes in 18 games and then 161 penalty minutes in only 23 games. So like you're just, course, a- it doesn't change. No, no, no. So I play the way I play no matter what. Right? Yeah. That's what, I don't play men's league right now, nor can I Brady, but I'm the same way. A, I got, I have like a 50 yeah. year suspension at one, at one <laughs> league out in Coquitlam. Same thing, man. Jeez, yeah. 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 It's tough. It's just, that's the way, we, you know, we were trained like rock and sock and robots. You, you know that, right? It's just a uh, hey, great intro, by the way, man. You just, yeah, you brought like a shed a tear to myself. And then a smile too, because I was thinking, you know what? Yeah, I don't, there's some people that, you know, don't agree with what I do or how I speak, or some people think maybe it affects the game in ways too, with my views on fighting in major junior hockey too, right? But listen, I, I'm allowed my voice and 100%. I'm allowed to speak and we all are, right? And it's not about, you know, uh, bad mouthing hockey, like, like I did say in the Globe there, right? It's about us embracing together and, and helping those in need that need the help. And yeah, and if that doing that can speak back to our children behind us and make the game safer and and make the right decisions 
then we've all are doing our job, right? And and that's what everybody's doing out here at all different levels. Riley Cote's doing it. Ryan Vandenbush, another former NHL player, right? Uh, uh, Ryan uh, Vandenbush is in the in medical cannabis space. He has yeah, yeah. his own licensed producer out here in Simcoe. And yeah, I talk to him. I talk to him. I talk to him all the time. Team. Actually, yeah. I talk to him all the time. Yeah, Bush is a great guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But They're no, like yeah. it's. You know, it'd be one thing about the fighting uh, in, in junior hockey if there was more supports in place uh, for guys when they're done and, and stuff. Because there, I, the, from what I've found and, and guys that I've talked to, uh, so many guys, virtually every single guy is struggling uh, with some sort of depression uh, or post-concussion yeah. or addiction. or It's virtually yeah. every single guy I've talked to. And there's yeah, there's no support. Same same here, same here. Well, we have we it's a, a lot of our inner circles cross over too, even though we haven't met, right? But that's how big and strong you know the hockey community is. We know that, and we're just tapping into it. And but there is you know like you just said, you know we're looking for support, right, for those guys, right? And you do have to remember, even when we were playing in the Canadian uh, Hockey League. That you know, we did have protection there. We had insurance, not too right. And now there, there's uh, physicians and specialists, and, and research is pointing back now. And you know, I, I do believe that you know they, they do need to take care of guys too and step in, right? And that's you know re- regaining our benefits in ways, whether it is through a form of, of a settlement. And that's why I'm for and I, I'm I'm involved with Klein Law out of Toronto and Vancouver. And I urge any former junior hockey player that played major junior, if they are struggling and listening right now, um, uh, to, to sign up to that case. It's being heard in BC, uh, uh, Supreme Court right now. And at the end of the day, it's just about that, right? And we've had too many guys that have the inability not to work now in the open labor market. And that's when it becomes serious, when they can't take care of themselves. And, the, and then the amount of pain guys are in too, and like I spoke to earlier, improper medical care too, and, and our lack of education too on, on plant medicines, uh, uh, including cannabis and psilocybin, which, you know, Riley Cote is doing an amazing job uh, with all that too and advocating all over the world, right? We know that. And uh, so, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but there is some players that have pensions and that have played at higher levels and they don't want to get involved in things like that. And, and we all respect them. But I am one of those players that stands tall right beside uh, uh, James McEwen there out uh, in the Western Hockey League. And, and obviously, you know, there, there's a hundred more players that, that, that have joined now too, right? So uh, it's good. We're just hoping just for some peace and to be able to have these support platforms. And that's supporting what you're doing here too, Brady, right? So in order to do what you're doing too, and look at you guys have your Go Me uh, GoFundMe page. And yeah, I urge anybody and everybody to help, even if it's just a little bit, right? Because these guys need operating costs and everything. And, and, and obviously, yeah, there is people that are suffering out here and they're real people, not just hockey players. So I have the ability to work just because I had to fight through that. And that's what you were saying earlier, Brady, about, you know, that if you do the good thing and the right thing that, you know, good things are going to come back to you. Right. And that's for sure. I, I definitely see you working in the near future, right? Um, so it's good. And doing what you love, too. So we're all in on that. There's lots of opportunities. 
and Athletes for Care is an excellent group, and you know all about them. And yeah. uh, are you are you an ambassador? Yeah, way, I'm. You, I'm not. I am. I, I've done all the uh, the forms and stuff. I'm not sure if they've updated the website uh, in the yeah, in the past. Well, weeks, aboard. But yeah, awesome. no. Yeah. What uh, anyone doesn't Great. know what athletes for care are. It's 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 kind of like the Puck Sport Foundation, but a group of athletes for all the sports. Uh, kind of. It's it's a group uh, to bring uh you know um, information to to all athletes and and bring support to athletes. Uh, and what Riley, what he was talking about with Riley Cote, he was on episode thirty one and thirty two. Um, and, mm-hmm. and because I needed him on two episodes just to talk about all the stuff he's doing because oh, it's in, it's yeah. incredible maybe three or four yeah, yeah. like yeah. honestly no incredible. we're gonna do it yeah. actually yeah we have a third one planned because I started my yeah I started microdosing myself right so like that was nice. about three and a half weeks ago so we're gonna touch base yeah. again and talk more about that um, but yeah it's cool. just yeah I agree like. You know, and I had James McEwen on early, like he was on episode five, I think, because he was my captain in yeah. Kelowna, right? And uh, yeah, James, yeah, that's right. James yeah. is James is such a great guy, and uh, you know, I tend to agree with what you guys are doing, and you know, uh, again, I I see where there are some guys that have long careers and have those pensions, but most of us don't. We would all like to. <laughs> yeah, but I'll yeah. tell you right now. I'll tell you right now that, and, and yes, you could you can call bullshit on me if you want listening, but but I swear that I am the type of person that if I was on the other side, I, I wouldn't give a shit. I would be standing up for the little guy right now, uh, because that's what we need somebody to do. Um, yeah, we, we do. And, and again, guys like Darren McCarty are though. Like Dmac is is stepped up He's and, awesome. and, yeah, and great, he great. doesn't uh, mind lending his name to the Puck Sport Foundation. What we're doing so um like stuff like that that's that's amazing but uh what about the what about the concussions afterwards like after you were done playing hockey so that scared the shit out of you that one where you know but yeah what about the effects after what about your moods uh have you dealt with anything and what have you done to deal with things like that yeah yeah so um after that, you know, and I, I finally, that was it. Skates are hung up and uh, lost them. Just, you know, disconnect from the game at that point in time because it was just, you know, I, I got remarried in, I, sorry, married in 2005, had my daughter Tegan in 2007 and just retiring around 04, right? So it, it was a transition. And, but I always, you know, I, I love kids. That's what I did every summer in between uh, seasons. I worked at Camp Lennox in Boston and just built a, a, a roller hockey program with, you know, some some inter, inter, intermediate uh, ice ice hockey teaching too in, in there. And, and so I just, yeah, I wanted to have a family, basically live the normal life, right? And then, you know, I, I all I could do because I didn't finish my university because I left to go pro. I went and got my ACZ license, uh, started dr- driving long haul and, and making good money, but being away from home and I wanted to get closer to Keegan. So I, I knew somebody at London Transit and they ended up, yeah, of course, Ritter, you played for the Knights here. We'd love to have you on. So I drove city bus for seven years. And um, the, the first four years I got into a routine and, uh, but sick too, right? And and not, not being able to sleep properly and just my muscles were uh, showing signs of reacting and I, I didn't really know doctors didn't know at that point in time so a lot of antidepressants were mixed in there and uh, basically it started making me sicker too the combinations of the pharmaceuticals along with the traumatic brain injury from the long-term effects of concussions and you know we can look at Wade Belak and his prescription with 
Paxville Brady and uh, you know obviously maybe he took a few too many or whatnot but I at the end of the day I ended up you know uh, not working with London Transit I couldn't the hospital held me off the neurologist they, and uh, she basically said they tested all my muscles and I went in for a lot of just testing there at, at Western and uh, got all of you at that point in time I was off all the meds and uh, they ended up uh, diagnosing me with dystonia which is a neuromuscular disease, which I still have today. I can control it better, a lot better with cannabis, but we can talk about that later. Um, but um, yeah, I ended up uh, obviously not being able to work. And now I was going to three hospitals and then the journey came on. My, my, my wife at the time and her family, they're modern Mennonites and uh, just didn't really click with my views of you know, me not being able to work it, but trying to explain it to them too. They always saw me as this big, strong hockey player because I dated um, my ex-wife and junior here when I, when I was uh, in high school too. Right. So it was difficult. I had to end up just leaving. Right. And uh, we've been separated now since 2012. And uh, I, I obviously I have my daughter uh, on a schedule. It's great. I, I, she's been Tegan is 13 now. And without her, I don't think I would be alive. That's for sure. Um, she's been a, just a big rock for me too. Right. So it's been good. Uh, she's just helped me along. She's never judged me. Right. Um, she's always knowing me, uh, with a traumatic brain injury too, where my ex and family and stuff, uh, they've seen both. Right. So it's, it's a very tough situation when, you know, people don't understand, um, especially at a high level too. when uh, you're dealing with chronic pain and a traumatic brain injury or multiple as they do state, um, from concussions. And that's what they diagnosed my dystonia with an early onset Parkinson's in the U S uh, they have different testing down there. I was in California. So I've seen two international, like like top end neurologists, one saying Parkinson's one saying dystonia and they're, but they both come hand in hand. It's, it's my muscles that are affected, uh, both upper and lower extremities. So, and the neurologist said that I'm not going to die. I said, well, that, that's great. Dr. Jenkins, and a big smile came to my face. And then she says, well, yeah, you have dystonia and it's the most painful neuromuscular condition on the market. Welcome, right? But, you know, she, she, she can control the pain and they sent me to Parkwood. And uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because, you know, we, I look at your story and I look at the injuries you went through. And then obviously we, we look at, you know, um, you using heroin too, right? And um, I was prescribed basically heroin, right? Which is um, obviously on the pharmaceutical side, right? And, um, uh, you know, a time release, uh, not, not, a, not a high dose, but 20 milligrams and then Percocet for breakthrough pain. It was just the way it was, right? They had to treat me. It's, cannabis wasn't there yet, right? It was, uh, but they, I, 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 they ended up prescribing me cannabis in conjunction with my opiates at, at Parkwood. And then finally, actually, I could function, but I was, I was involved in a, in a structured clinic, a structured medical care system, right? Where I not only had, uh, I had my pain control, but I also had pain psychology. So I was in with Dr. Tony Etsy, and he's done some work with the NHL alumni. Um, uh, Tony has, and uh, uh, very fortunate to have him um, uh, all these years. And uh, you learn. I had to learn. I was in group settings at the hospital with, with some pretty sick patients. But I, I, I was sick, too, and still am, right? So um, it really opened my eyes, right? Like, here's this hockey guy that played for the Knights, and I'm in a group. Yeah, uh, with, with a, a female uh, principal of a high school that's got severe, severe Crohn's, right? And is, is bedridden, like is that bad, right? Everybody had 
a lot of issues in there and we couldn't even finish our group settings right and all these people too it was it was just it was sad because the the system's not set up properly for people that have chronic pain uh, especially along with the traumatic brain injury it becomes a whole different ball game right and i feel that other players like yourself just didn't have that proper care right so of course you're going to self-medicate i look at myself in the mirror and then i see you on the other side and if the roles were switched i, I would have been that guy too right but um thankfully you know uh, i'm not anti-opiate like a lot a lot of people i do work with in the cannabis space um i do have a different condition than most uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I have been coming off per milligrams monthly for the past year or two, right? So it's great. But obviously using cannabis and, and now I'm, I'm growing legally too. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been the best thing in my life, right? I got to pick my times when to use it. Obviously I don't get behind the wheel or, or do anything like that. And, and I just, yeah, I use it for sleep. I, I use the oils, uh, you know, some CBD, some THC. Um, I even use some edibles at that point in times, right? So it's been able to really control my muscles too. I don't get in uh, to some pretty painful situations uh, as much anymore, but I still do. It's just the way it is. That's why we're talking late at night. I was just seeing how awake you were going to be, Brady, uh, when I was saying, ah, let's do it in the morning, right? <laughs> I, I didn't know if you were, you were a night guy. This is the first time, right? So it's good. It's good that we're having this chat now. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> if, lot, you, eh? if you're good with That's it. Up, I got it, a lot in there, yeah. It, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you know this too, but like I, I mentioned it, I'm on methadone. I was to get off the heroin and stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm coming yeah. off yeah. that too. It's, you know, it's mm -hmm. not easy, uh, but it certainly, it certainly beats no. seeing the drug dealer every day like I used to. Um, I was, yeah. a, I was a very bad addict and, and it's interesting. Uh, the cannabis is, has been a huge part of my life. And I mentioned it at the beginning, if anybody wants to get more educated, definitely, uh, Riley Cote is is the guy I look yeah. to, um, but uh, mm -hmm. you know he's supporting everything that I'm doing. I talk to him uh, quite often and uh, try to do something up here in Canada to get the kids educated because you know I would have rather give. I said this. I say this all the time. Like my kid breaks his arm at 13 years old, and I'd rather him eat a, a THC gummy than a Percocet. Like, huh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like wouldn't you? Like that, like anybody yeah. listening. Like, well, we're yeah. just so far behind here, I think, in North America. And, and Riley, you just said it right there. Yeah, he won like the 2018 Global Advocate of the Year at the Global Cannabis Awards in Colorado, right? So I urge anybody, if they want any information, especially, you know, cannabis sports, recovery. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of work with him. I facilitated, uh, we did a, uh, the first ever um, cannab cannabis educational presentation in all pro sports to the NHL original six alumni in 2018. And uh, I, I got Riley there. And then I brought in uh, Dr. Mainville, who I, I, I work with today, uh, Barb's out, out of Ottawa. And yeah, it, that's still online. And I urge people to watch that. And that was a few years ago, but uh, he, he's just ahead of everybody with it all too. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it, the stigma was there when we played, right? Alcohol has been embedded in our game for years. Um, I'm really hoping and praying that, you know that cannabis does enter it at a high level and it, it's going to take the nhl i i believe uh to do it and then i think eventually it will filter down into the canadian hockey league like you're speaking brady um with especially cbd uh for recovery to help these guys you know with sleep and that too and you know listen our adrenal glands were shot you know you know that feeling when we had to get angry in a split second 
people that don't play the game at that level don't understand that, you know, that type of trauma there can cause, you know, obviously your adrenal glands to get completely shot. And, uh, and I, I've seen that a lot with some former NHL players. Uh, and, and, and obviously myself, I've got hormone, hormonal deficiencies. Uh, it's a combination of my brain injury, but also with my chronic pain management. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it, it, it's tough. It's tough to just fight or flight mode that young too, right? You got it. No, 100, yeah. 100%. And I would love yeah. to see the day uh, where the Canadian Hockey League and even like minor hockey players are, are using CBD on a regular basis. And I like I, Riley's teaching hockey schools like with, you know, teaching about yeah. hemp and, and, and not so much like smoke, right. not smoking cannabis for kids, but no. TH, you know, no. the THC removed uh, the yeah. CBD for anti-inflammatories and all their purposes. And well, teaching the calmness side that, of things too exactly. and teaching the kids how to breathe and stuff exactly. we didn't have, right? We didn't have and it would have helped. Hockey's always going to be a high-impact sport, right? There's always going to be concussions. We know that, right? With or without fighting. So that's not going to clean it up. So the, yeah, the Canadian Hockey League and Mr. Branch, they do have to look at it. And Riley and myself and Anna Valent, uh, we all went into the, uh, had a meeting with the, uh, David Branch, uh, Jill Courteau, commissioner of the Quebec Major Junior League, um, uh, Ross Robinson, WHL, which you do know. Yeah. Um, and, and we spent three and a half hours at the Western, Western Hotel educating. They didn't know the difference between THC and CBD at that point. Like David, yeah, he just not, you know, he's just, he was honest. He just said, uh, yeah, it's just the stigma still embedded, but we want to learn. And then, Months later, they ended up, uh, the Canadian Hockey League brought out an anti-cannabis uh, video on their OHL site, Western League site, and it had a, it looked like a London Knights uniform or Prince Albert, the same colors, the green and the gold, and he's sitting there doing up the skates. I don't know if you saw it, Brady, and then they had another kid playing video games. He had a little Rasta hat on, looked like a typical, you know, just smoker, recreational smoker, and the kid said, no, no, I, I'm not going to meet up later. I'm going to focus on my hockey career, right? And, and they show this studded, you know, player. And to me, I looked at that, and, and I haven't talked to Mr. Branch since, right? Wow. And, but obviously, he knows he knows the legal side of me and that too, with what we're doing with our case. And um, so he's not going to talk talk. But they, I wanted some answers for that video, right? I just wanted to say, hey, look, you're painting a picture uh, and, and putting this, cre creating the stigma even larger now to parents and stuff too. When all these guys like Riley and Bushy and everybody else that's involved yourself and we know the truth right and so it's difficult I don't think they needed to go that far but they don't believe that any type of cannabis should be around any any of their kids right and we know and look at in Israel they you get in a car accident there all of a sudden at the hospital they're they're, they're giving you CBD whether it's through an IV I saw it on one of the videos there it's written there right they're just light years ahead of us Riley spoke in Israel too, right? And so they're neglecting a lot of truth and science, and that's scary when we've got guys sick here uh, and suffering the, the long-term effects of our own concussions that started then, and they're still going to have them there now. So they're going to continue the mismanagement of healthcare. So it, it becomes really deep. It becomes deep, and I hope they wake up, right? And maybe this case in BC is going to wake them up. <laughs> but hey, it's got to be done. Right. It's not about it is about a lot of us, but it, it's about those kids, too. And we have that due diligence and duty uh, uh, as former Canadian Hockey League alumni, I believe, uh, to speak the truth and, and put pressure on them. And, and, and they, they got the right doctors there.
and and they're all educated. They're gonna the judge is gonna find out here once we get there. It's just a matter of time. So I I agree with you like a hundred percent. It's just what I understand that's a they they look at it as a business and they protect their business and like I don't ever want to go on a, on any witch hunts and that's not I don't think that's what you guys want either. We just want to see change, right? And not at all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like it's not that's about right. blaming yeah, yeah, and yeah. blaming anybody. It's about no, just but now no. there's so much more information. Um that I agree it's our duty as as former players to bring change for the next generation and like uh that really blew me away about that video that's crazy and that's you know and that's again we're not trying to advocate smoking weed what we're trying to advocate no, is no, the no, health no, benefits no. um and right. people just need to get that's educated right. I always hashtag everything get educated on at pucks and plants uh because yeah. like Riley Good said for you. that's awesome like yeah. Riley said you know it's uh, everyone's always been saying it's bad, whether it's our, our teachers, our parents, the law enforcement. It's it's got that yeah. stigma. So, you know, anybody that's listening, if you have like kids in hockey or yourself, look into just start with CBD. Look into CBD and uh, look at the health benefits of it, and then you know, start looking into you know. If you need to manage pain, start with cannabis or gummies or, or, you know, you don't have to smoke. It can be eating a, a candy that tastes delicious and it's, you know, it can be simple Yeah, but that, you right? even have the right too. Yeah, you're right on the button there, but we have the right too. And you know that since legalization, you know, any household can grow four plants, right? And obviously I got my medical certificate and things become a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you know, once parents are educated too, they could, you know, keep costs down too. They can grow their own CBD plants and you can do gummies and extract at home and it's not as difficult, right? And that's that's what I'm doing right now with Grow Gear out of Ottawa and Shanghai. And it's just, that was more for my fight of not being able to afford government cannabis too, right? And it, and it benefits me as a medical patient, but we can't afford it, right? So at the end of the day, yeah, I urge people to actually look into to growing too, their own um you know, obviously we know how expensive hockey is too now, Brady. Imagine, right? I can't, I can't get over the cost of uh, what parents have to spend now too, just for youth hockey. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think they should make it more affordable too for some families that it's, can't afford it. It's, right? it's insane. I just spent the week last week in North Bay, and I was in a hockey store, seeing the prices, talking to parents about extra skates and the cost of like extra ice time and just the cost of hockey throughout the year and everything. It is. It's fucking insane, and I don't know how people do it. That's why you're working with my buddy Andrew Sutton. (laughs) Yeah, I asked. That's why you're working with Sutton. Yeah, Yeah, keep costs down. Yeah, exactly. Had to give give him a heads up there and say thanks, Andy. Yeah, Zero Hockey. Uh, He's taking care of a lot of you guys too, and it's good. He's a good teammate. Yeah, I played with him growing up in Burlington, by the way. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, all the way up until he was. Yeah, he's a good guy. We played double A together. He's not another guy that didn't play. Triple A. We both played on Double A together, and then obviously once he, he got really big, yeah, yeah, big man, fourteen year career in the NHL, amazing. Yeah, Sorry, I had to get. I just talked to him uh, in the morning time, so I just wanted. I hope he listens and and supports. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He was. Yeah, he was stuff. on. Yeah. He was on uh, episode nineteen. So uh, he's mm-hmm. been. Yeah, he's been a, a big supporter, and and obviously give me a chance with Rivero. So that's that's been great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know the cost nice. of hockey is just insane. Uh, but you know, I grow. I have a. Uh, I have some plants growing outside too, and and it's you know, there's a, uh, 
you could teach you know there's a lot to learn when you can when grow things you know if you enjoy growing vegetables and gardening why wouldn't you grow yeah. your own plants uh, and at least look into it and, and there's just so much i love it yeah there's so yeah. much more that goes into it than just the stoner smoking around sitting around it's not what it's all about it's all about intention no. uh and like you know you get into the whole aspect of everything like you said breathing and meditation and and all of it uh so what look at uh, it close my dystonia down it it's it allows me to sleep and control it. It rests my muscles, right, when they're always active. So, yeah, it's just the, the plant so powerful. But like Dr. Mainville says, my friend there, um, yeah, she says that, yeah, there, there's also a therapeutic side, a zen side to it, right? When I'm down in my tent and, uh, you know, my lights, uh, my LED lights are on and it's just I play a little bit of music, right? I'm watering them. I'm just turning the soil. I'm just doing a little bit of trimming. It, it's my time, right? It's, I just I really... There's a whole other side to it too, yeah, and and you felt that, you know that, right? It just it brings peace to us too, right? Yeah, it's amazing. 100%. It's amazing, yeah. And that's the thing yeah. is, it's a natural plant, and, and like we've been, they've been trying to outlaw these natural plants for years, and and we talk about the psilocybin yeah. too, like, um, just yeah. get people, just get educated, everyone, just get educated, yeah. um, because it, there's life, there's really life changing, uh, you know, life changing benefits there. Uh, especially with the CBD, I can't even begin to explain how much um, CBD has changed my life. My arthritis and my yeah. my hips, right. like the pain in my hips, like is just gone, like gone. Yeah, I've seen you walking a lot on your videos. It's nice. You move a lot too, like I do, right? It's just you don't let you don't sit around a lot, right? You, but you're constantly going, so that's where the CBD just yeah helps you control that inflammation and the arthritic response and. Yeah, you, you feel your your hips are loosened again, and you're look at I saw it in your stride when you're skating too. But don't come. I don't think you should be coming out of retirement. And for one thing, yeah, you, you got I might have to get you some crazy glue or gorilla tape. Keep those gloves on if you do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tend. I tend are you to are you gonna play again? Yeah, I am. Are you gonna play again? Yeah, I am. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not against not playing. Right, a lot of guys do. Ryle still skates. Bushy, all these guys. You know, but at the end of the day, I don't know. My neurologist said, if, even if I catch uh, the ice the wrong way and I go just tap my head on the boards, it could get ugly. So that's yeah. the only reason. But yeah, I, you not. know, I, I feel like for me, it's something that I have to do. So like just yeah. the way that I went out. Um, yeah. This last, yeah. No, you look I great just, out there. You look great. I was watching you move the puck and everything. Yeah, you got your stride and it's nice. I got no nice. power in my legs <clears throat> yeah. and I get tired in about two seconds, but I, no, I that, feel that like comes. it's going to come back. It comes. Yeah. I feel it's going to yes, come back. Yes, of course it will. Of course. Like riding a bike. You know that. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Like, with kinda. flat tires. Yeah. Just with... keep the gloves on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You don't need to do that. You don't need to prove yourself. You, yeah. You you're, you you got a gift too, right? You, you, you scored some goals, man. So it's good. Stick yeah. to that. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. going to try to do is I'm just Make some D-man look sick out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna try yeah. to. I'm gonna try yeah. to just enjoy it for once. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, that's right. I heard you speaking to the kids tonight because I obviously do my research too, right? And it, it's good you were talking to them um, straight to their hearts too, just about you know uh, just being gracious too, right? And um, about you know just saying thank you to their parents and little things, right? It's those things too, and in, in, in our era too. But Again, I, I believe a lot of us were skating sick too. We didn't have time to recover, right? So we weren't able to relax and really take a step back and think. But I think now is the time to do it when 
with these kids now. It's different than when we played. So now that stuff's got to be brought in to them too, right? And like you said, it's going to evolve their game, right? It's going to make their game better too, right? Relax nerves and make the right play. Like it all fits in, you know that. Absolutely. I wish I would have had CBD as a kid, like just to sleep and stuff. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah, like, and while yeah. I was playing junior, like you know, you know, like junior I, I believe, though. Yeah, but par- wow. parents, yeah. I, listen, uh, from the doctors I've spoken to, and I've obviously been around a lot. But uh, a, a parent, if, if there's any major junior player that's having e- even the slightest concussion or, or arthritic issues from uh, prior injuries and things like that, they can go out and get a medical prescription for their kid too, right? They can get exempt. I believe so when the brain's involved. And maybe it's going to take one parent to actually do that and get through and bust through there, right, to find the right doctors to do it. Someone's I know Apollo Applied it. Research out of Toronto, Apollo Applied Research, um, they, they work with, um, they're owned and operated by Canopy Growth, but uh, the NHL alumni introduced us, uh, Grow Gear, to, to Apollo, and they do all the licensing there, and they can exempt. They're, they're, they're prescribing uh, uh, kids with autism and epilepsy, all kinds of different conditions now. I just don't think that the parents have the education or maybe they're scared. Cannabis, sports, hockey, you know, the, and then the stigma of the culture, right? Yeah, um, but, scouts you know, get, scouts a get a word of well, it and then, yeah. you know, knock. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. That's got to stop. Yeah, that's yeah, got to stop. Agree. I believe that's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. We're going to help it. We're going we're gonna to help Riley yeah, do that's that. that's what we're doing. We're that's on. what we're that's doing. Right. That's right. That's, that's right. Every, everything kind of fits in, right? Like Riley might not be involved. And, and James McEwen's with the with the class action, uh, he might not be involved with that. He might choose not to be involved. But it's still a piece of the puzzle of what is happening here, like you said, the bigger picture, and that's you know really educating these leagues on the benefits too, right? So it, it's a lot, but it's good. I, I, I really enjoy it all. Like it, get to meet cool people like you and look at the story you got behind you and what you're doing now, and it, and you know it's not about money for you and and. And look at you're not getting paid or anything. It's not a job, and you're embracing it. I just hear it in your voice, right? Just the positivity and everything. But you lived those dark days too, right? Holy so you have shit, that right did I ever. to talk. Yeah, that's right. Holy right. shit! All, you don't even know the half. Yeah. I don't even talk yeah. about the half of it. People think that they mm-hmm. know my story because they've heard some stories, yeah. and like I try to be like I am. I'm very honest. I'm very transparent. But people don't know the like how many years I've been suffering with drug addiction and all different things and the crazy shit I've been yeah. doing. Um, day yeah. after day after day, I'm just so like now I could just like that's why like I drive around on my ATV. And I'll go out in the bush yeah. with me and my dog, awesome. and I'm just like yelling. I'm like, "Thank you!" And people like, if anyone saw me, they they they'd commit me to the it. psych ward. I yeah. swear to God, they would. That's right. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. just so no, happy. No, 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 not know? at all. You're out there with your dog, and that's look at. I got Charlie here. I got a three year old Labradoodle. I had a had a purebred Golden Lab, but they break down quicker, so that's why I got him. Uh, but no, they're medicine. You know that. I have a I chocolate lab that's six months today. old. My chocolate yeah, lab, beautiful. Old, hey, yeah. I love labs, man. Yeah, yeah. that's why I got, well, still got a lab or doodle. But like I said, uh, I love labs too. Yeah, there's something medical. We know they are. They got a medical side to them. You know, you feel comfort comfort when you're with them. And look at you're screaming with joy when you're with them, right? Nobody's gonna think you're crazy, even yeah. if I walked by you, right? Yeah. I would just say I'm cra- crazier than you. Keep having <laughs> fun. It's great. It's awesome. Good. Okay. Well, yeah. hey, listen. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, 
we'll wrap this up we'll have to do this again you'll actually have to come up and uh do some fishing what do you think about that oh i'd love to yeah yeah no i was just up where whereabouts are you again up in you're oh yeah, yeah i was up near there muskoka but uh i was just up my best friend eric rylands he played with the sioux and uh he, he says a shout out out there and i played university hockey with him but he's out in rockville kingston so i'll have to make it up there some point oh man absolutely go, go fishing yeah. With, with without a doubt 100 percent like yeah. i'm right on uh main hoods lake uh, right by longs lake like nice. there's multiple lakes right around uh i can go walk yeah. 30 seconds and catch a bass within five minutes no joke i do it all the time yeah well look where you came from too you came from god's country and now you're living in god's country again right so it's, it's good you're seeing the one of the best of ontario for sure where you are right so yeah I'm, Anytime, uh, man. I, I'd love to meet you and keep up the good work too. Well, I support you guys 100, 110%. Yep. Like I said, you have, you I got to do, I got to do my, got to do my uh, crusade here. Uh, I'll probably do it in the morning time, right? Scrub my teeth. I might leave them out for you actually. Yep. <laughs> well, make me feel I'll a little more out. comfortable. Yeah. I might like that. <laughs> yeah. Mine are broken too. I just didn't call you. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and right? This it, podcast it is number 44. That was my hockey number. That's right? awesome. So we got too many things lined up, brother. It's not. It's not about us. We we've got former players that are looking over us that left us young too, too young, right? So yeah. there's a lot driving it, right? And it's good. It's well, good. it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's, finally, get to meet you. It's funny that you say that you were number 44 because episode 24 just happened to work out. That was the one about Matthew Lazinski as two and his three buddies were on, and his number was 24, and it just happened to work out to be number 24. Wow. Crazy, yeah, crazy. I know that's like the things wow. that happen. So then, that is crazy. Yeah. So then today too, it's just it's weird how things happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just extremely, that was a good chat. I I appreciate it. uh, I'm extremely grateful. You You have my number now and I look forward to to building this friendship. You have an open invitation to come up here whenever you want. Um, come check out the studio when it's done. London, Uh, anytime you're out here at night country, uh, you come and maybe if there's, they start the season back up, you come down for a game. Yeah. I'd love to wear a mask. I'd love to, (laughs) I'd love to. Okay, brother. You have a good, good night and thanks again. Hey, man, anytime. I appreciate it. Take care now. Okay, take care. Talk buddy. soon. Bye. Guys, that is episode 44. Robert Fred, what a nice guy. What a great dude. Looking forward to connecting with him real soon. Uh, building a friendship. Uh, what? A, this is why it's so awesome. You know? Uh the hockey community everyone thank you so much for listening thank you for supporting me oh my god i'm so grateful i'm so lucky thank you to everybody that's participated and will participate in the gratitude crusade the puck support foundation gratitude crusade in matthew lazinski's honor guys Uh, all the money raised of course is going to be in matthew lazinski's honor uh, you can donate. Uh, I'll post a link. GoFundMe. You can uh, also just search the Puck Support Foundation Gratitude Crusade on Google. It will come up the GoFundMe page, guys. Uh, follow us on social media at Gratitude Crusade, at Puck, at Puck Support, at Hockey to Heroin, at Hockey to Heroin Podcast. Uh, and visit, visit the website hockeyheroin.com and pucksupport.com. What are you grateful for today, guys? There's so many things for, for that you can be grateful. 
uh, for, uh, sorry, I'm just, my mind's everywhere right now. Um, I'm staring at the Matthew Lazinski Memorial plaque and I just, Maddie, uh, I know you're looking down, buddy. And I know Matthew Thompson's coming down tomorrow morning. I can't wait. Thank you for bringing us together. Uh, thank you for allowing us to remember you in this way, Matthew Lashinsky. Uh, this is all for you and your memory and all the other fallen brothers and sisters in the hockey community up there in heaven uh, that you're helping protect. Cause I know uh, all of you up there are so tough. Uh, Addie, we're just so uh, honored to be able to do this in your name, guys. Thank you for your support. Um, also, I want to say... All of the money raised, of course, is in Matthew Zinsky's name. But I'm going to leave it in that account. I'm going to withdraw it all at the end. I'm going to put it into the Puck Support Foundation bank account and make a video uh, just so everybody knows that every dollar is accounted for uh, and that it's going into that account. I'm going to be very transparent with how that money's spent uh, just in case anybody's wondering. Uh, anyways, guys, I'm so proud, so honored to be able to do what I'm doing. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Please rate and review, guys. Please, it may sound silly, but it means the world to me. Please subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network and subscribe to my channel at Hockey2Heroin. Guys, I hope you're staying safe, being kind, being a good person. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And remember, guys, have a great day if you so choose.